my boy welcome back for another episode of the bit by bit podcast another episode in our collection of the Byterian collection we're back for our november family films uh this one a classic in the community soul food um you know one of my favorites i watch it every year what'd you think of it uh you hate it, it you love it, it. Oh, okay <laughs> wow we're jumping right into it all right let's get into um, the nitty-gritty i don't know i don't think i've probably seen this movie maybe three or four other times mm. but seeing it now and having like a fresh mind and going into it kind of analyzing it i didn't really like it it just it didn't hit for me um oh wow I thought about, I think, because I've been watching the Boondocks uh, briefly uh, the past couple weeks, and they have that episode, and Huey's like, you know, they don't learn a lesson at the end. They just, (laughs) (laughs) Big Mama dies, and then they eat the same food. (laughs) I went with it, I went with that in mind, and at the end, I'm like, you know what? Huey Freeman was right. Okay, let's just keep... Uh, how do I put this? This movie isn't about health. Let's just say that. Like, <laughs> there's no shakes. There's no fruit. <laughs> okay, let's I, just... <laughs> and I get that. And I'll also say the montage of the food at the end um, where they all come back together, that's mm-hmm. a really nice montage. And that food looks amazing. It's one of the best food montages I've seen. Um I won't say ever because I can't think of any others, but I'm probably sure there's a lot more. But it's mm-hmm. one of the best ones, um, I think, that I remember. Um, what'd you think of the beginning? Let's just start from there. Cause who is that? Like Boys the Man, I've heard, where it shows like the family photos and then uh, I've oh, heard of all the characters. Like, yeah. Um, it starts with the yeah. now it's kind of cliche because I'm like almost every family film does it. Um, yeah and but oh go ahead i thought i thought this worked because they had like it wasn't just one uh one picture of the uh characters as kids they had like five mm-hmm. of the different uh people so it it just felt a little bit more real yeah I think, instead of having one that looks photoshopped on the refrigerator or something no like it a lot out. of films do um yeah, I think uh, it was nice how they did this. I really liked, um, yeah, like you said, how it shows you kind of like the evolution of these people. How they go from like babies to teens and then becoming adults all in this like little collage of their photos throughout their life. What I didn't, I'm not going to say I didn't like it. I just have never really been the biggest fan of it is <laughs> Ahmad's narration i think um, okay so we can get into that <laughs> i think like every time i've watched this movie i I don't know i've just never really been the biggest fan of it and why is he the 
I'm I'm not gonna say I'm not the biggest fan of Ahmad. It's just how is he always the centerpiece of this movie? Like you don't have any type of friends or anything. My problem with Ahmad's voiceover is that it shows you it tells you instead of shows you mm-hmm. while it's happening. Yeah. So it's like his the dialogue isn't like deep enough um or it doesn't have like enough like good commentary on what's happening it's just straight up telling you so it's like all right why why is this even here mm-hmm. and i think um one of the, one of the scenes i uh thought about is this when uh cousin faith comes to uh she shows up for the first time at the dinner and he's like breaking it down and the characters are reacting to it, but their reaction seems so much more interesting than whatever he's saying. So I'm like, do we really need Ahmad talking right now or <laughs> through the whole movie? So I'm like, I, I could have seen, I just don't think they did it well uh, because I'm not, I'm not against voiceover. I love voiceover. Uh, Malik does it amazing. But I think if they would have done Ahmad's voiceover better, then I think it could have worked. Yeah, I mean, it is a lot of like, I don't know, like you said, just more so him telling you exactly what's happening and you're watching it. And I think there's a lot of films where we have gotten, we've grown accustomed to that, like the Mm -hmm. narration, like we'll get into it at a later date whenever we get into this like film but that happens exactly throughout menace of society like that all that's that's all menace of society is kane telling you exactly what you're watching (laughs) and it's a great movie i love menace society i can watch it all the time but you're just watching everything kane is telling you (laughs) um but in this like i didn't have the problem with ahmad it was just more so yeah his narration is just like Big Mama had a problem. And it's like, I already yeah. know it. I, I literally am watching Big Mama have a problem. One thing I didn't understand, I love the character of Big Mama. I related to everybody has a Big Mama in their family um, to a certain extent. I never understood the aspect of her arm burning on the stove. And then she's like, oh, give me the butter. <laughs> um, that was, well, that scene in general, her arm burning like that. And the way she like pushed off, I'm like this is awful acting. I'm like this is an awful scene. It just feels. I think because it's kind of melodrama, maybe that's what they were going for. But it was awful. I'm like this sucks. Are you saying it sucks the acting, or are you saying it sucks just like it just makes you feel a certain way? No of sadness. It, no, not at all. It made me feel a certain way. I was just like, mm, oh my gosh, I feel so sad. I didn't say it sucks. I, I felt a certain way. Well, I want people to know that I felt a certain way. I didn't. I didn't enjoy that scene, and I didn't enjoy Big Mama for most of her stint. Oh wow, the movie. that's a strong stance right there. <laughs> oh wow, you know you're a tough critic, man. <laughs> yeah, she she just didn't do it for me. Her presence wasn't strong enough in the movie for the whole. The all of, I I well no I won't say that because you know grief and crying and all that but Big Mama as a character I didn't like mourn her loss after it happened. Are you serious? 
No. You're crazy. <laughs> Are you, you serious? Said, you were sad when she was bad? What? <laughs> I wasn't sad. Um, I was sad when Amal was crying. You gonna be sad when he's That's crying? It. Yeah. Oh my god. Maybe I resonated with Amal in that scene. But... I was sad when she was dying. Well, I get your point because I was sad when he was sad and I was sad when she's dying because it's like it's relatable because I'm like dang like this is sad like oh my god like jeez they don't I get that but I mean it just wasn't good and one scene that took me out is when they go to the doctors Mm -hmm. and they tell her she gotta amputate her leg and she no then she get up and she walking Mm mm-hmm like not does she not have to uh be in a wheelchair or is the leg still operate does it operate i think it's just like eventually you're gonna have to get it amputated like you're not gonna be able to just keep using this leg Mm. like not right now it's that bad but eventually this leg is not gonna be able to withstand all of this gotcha um and the way they set up Big Mama, that the way they set up that scene, it just came out of nowhere. It was very abrupt. It was just kind of like they show Big Mama, and then the next scene, she's cooking catfish and fried chicken. And then the next one, oh, she got diabetes. And then the next one, she got a stroke for five weeks. And the next one, she's in the ground. I will admit, yeah. it was like boom, 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 boom. It's like really, really quick. Yeah. Um, what'd you think of? And I hate the the concept of like light skin and dark skin Twitter uh, arguments, but the light skin demon. Um, I don't know the man's name is Samuel uh, Michael Beach. No, not is Michael that... Beach. Uh, I know who Michael Beach is. Um, he played. Uh, oh, I know. I know who you're talking Samuel... about Samuel uh, Bird's ex boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. Who comes in? He licks on the cigar, and he, oh yeah, you know, Bird. Uh, he used to call her Cola. She had the body shaped like a Coca Cola bottle. That's how I got you the job up here. Like the man was like a demon. <laughs> the way they shot that scene, it just his lip because they're showing um, Lim, uh, mm-hmm. and I think like a medium or something. And then it's just a close up of uh, old boy's lips. I'm like, is this to signify he lying or he bragging? What I, I didn't, I didn't get it. it it's interesting because uh, Lim is, you know, this ex-con, but he's like a good guy. You know, yeah. he's like, look, I'm trying to do right for myself. I'm not getting a job. It's hard out here. Uh, it's rough and tough in Chicago, and. It's it also it's wintertime Chicago. Yeah. Um, and he's like, Look, I now got a new job. I walked in on the man, and then here goes this guy, and he's like, Yeah, I'm making what do you say? He's like, I'm making eighty thousand. And your girl got you this job in the print department. And I used to do this and do that to her back in the day. And then Lim just goes off on him. And it's yeah. like it's pretty sad. It's a pretty messed up scene. I don't know the way the characters are like discussed in this movie are interesting. Like I don't what, what you mean. Like I don't know if it's the Ahmad's description of these characters or it's the uh-huh. way they are just shown in this movie. 
uh, how do I describe it? Like they they're realistic, yeah. But to an extent, it's just like, I, oh, go ahead. I think I know where you're going, um, which is one of my problems with it is that the characters are complex, but the way they handle situations for the characters is very predictable and doesn't do the characters justice. Very that's pretty much what I was about to get into, yeah. Yeah. It I think the thing for me, like Lim's character was really interesting. Um, you know, because he's trying to uh make stuff happen and do right by Bird. But the way they end his arc was like he comes back after assault he did assault her, he pushed her um in the bathroom and everybody recognized that okay he did do that and that's like a known in the family so when he comes back Ahmad he's explaining to Ahmad I didn't hit her I didn't do this I just want you to know but he don't explain to anybody else but Ahmad and then uh, Bird comes up hugs him oh I missed you and nothing is like solved Nothing at all. They don't not, go back to thing. it again. Is nothing is solved. I didn't really understand. I mean, I'm not gonna say I didn't understand. I got why he explained it to Ahmad because Ahmad is like he's kind of like the glue in a way of keeping this family together outside of Big Mama. But at the same time, it's just kind of like why only Ahmad? Like, why are you explaining it only to this 11-year-old kid? Like, you're not yeah. going to tell your wife? <laughs> like, yeah. you're not going to tell anyone else? else? In the family. Yeah, like, why this 11-year-old kid? Why is he the only person you're going to go tell? Like, what is it with this 11-year-old kid? Yeah, it it didn't make sense because I guess Ahmad's like a stand-in for the audience or something, but yeah, it was like, why are you sitting here trying to convince this kid you didn't uh, put your hands on her? When everybody else in the family has kind of come to that conclusion. Yeah, so and they, they kind of just open, like welcomed you back with open arms. And I'm thinking, are we mm-hmm. just not going to talk about how Terry just like had you locked up? And had you yeah. beat up too? She had you like jumped. Like, okay, there's a lot going on in this movie. There's some, and, there's some well, plot holes. They did bring it up at the dinner because um, uh, when Terry said she called the lawyer and got him uh, got him out of jail, mm-hmm. and he was like, "It is your fault." Yeah, and then they go into the uh, Nia Long is like, "You shouldn't be worrying about your husband. Why he fucking our cousin or something?" Yeah, and then Faith get up and. Uh... That's when was it Vivica Fox is like, no, you need to sit down. You've been running for too long. Let's talk about Which, the cousin. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about if you want to start it off with the cousin, talk about the cousin. So I honestly liked her character a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I liked her character and I liked her and Michael Beach's scenes together. Like I'm sorry, Terry, but they had some real chemistry. <laughs> do you do you not agree? Uh, 
What in the Steve Wilkos, Jerry Springer, Maury? <laughs> well, I think what? they the way they set up her character to where it's like, oh, she's trouble. Okay, and then they make her actually do something troubling, which sucks because she was interesting, and her and Michael Beach actually had chemistry in those scenes. And we when we actually learn about her and she's trying to dance and stuff. So it's like, okay, she's an interesting character, but then she does something bad or something irredeemable, really. Here's the thing. I don't dislike her character. It's him. He's the one I don't like in the movie. Michael Beach's character. That's the guy I don't like. I hate Michael Beach. That's the dude I don't like. First up, Miles, that's his name. Yeah. He was he was the milestone. Uh well, it, it's a lot. I feel like it's a lot like ghosts and power. Because <laughs> he wanted to quit his job and pursue his passion. And hey, I understand him. He had Casey and JoJo in his band. Yeah. Um, <laughs> go ahead go ahead finish your thought finish your thought his band was stacked and he was the leader i don't know how he was the leader but how was he let me inter- interject sorry how is he the leader he is the leader of his band in the 90s keep that in mind he's the leader of his band in the 90s he's the keyboard player leader of his group leader i'm going to emphasize this leader he got casey and jojo babyface and babyface brother he the leader and he ain't he even a singer he, he the one that put them together he got casey and jojo and babyface and his brother you think they need him yeah he the one playing the keys they don't and need he that had the stu- and he had the studio all he had was terry and her cousin <laughs> Nah, Terry was hating. He was about to blow up with the music. Yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, no, all you right. see who he had in his band? No, you see who his band? All right, man. All right. I'm telling you, they, they a band, right? He a part of it. They was nah. about to blow up. Nah. And she was hating. No, Terry is about to make partner. So what? She was about to be, I'm telling you, she was, she had a good job, but she was hating on him. She was not hating on him. He was like he wanted to stop being a lawyer to go make a little album or CD. And then I'll admit, I so agree. you can't pursue your passion now. No, I am not saying. Don't try to put that narrative out there. <laughs> I, just stop. Don't try to put that narrative out there. I one hundred percent agree. We are all creatives here, but don't try to make it seem like he was the leader and the most creative one in his group. His I'm not saying he was. I'm not saying he was, but I'm saying he's a part of the band, and they was about to blow up. I don't so think he was he, about to be the one blowing up. The band was though, because he was a part of the band. Yeah, he was the roadie. That's what it was. That that don't mean nothing. <laughs> he a part of the band, and he made a good decision to quit being a lawyer and do what he wanted to do. So because it was any, about to work out. Anyways, I get your point. But anyways, uh, how does this lead into him sleeping with or getting with uh 
faith. So because I get it, they both are in like similar passions of career wise. And then I think I think they just understood each other and it was a heated moment for both of them, I think. Mm. And uh I guess that's it. I mean, yeah, he helped her out uh with the audition. Um and they had that scene at the bar where they were talking. Um and there was some real chemistry there. So it was I think it was just a heated moment. I think I was more than that, I think I was just more blown away by the fact this man had a studio up top, like in his <laughs> house. I was like, You got a studio in your house? Like and it's like a full blown studio. Like, dang. Dog, the Miles, let's go up to the studio. The fact that Miles is there at he there at every given moment that's something happening in the family. He was there for limb arrest. No, not Miles, uh Ahmad. Ahmad. Oh no, Ahmad, yeah, my bad. But yeah, Ahmad there for every significant moment in the family. Yeah, he Aunt Terry, let's go up to the studio and then hear these two getting it going. And then Terry, go home. She just like go home. She, I'm thinking, does he not ever go home? And it's like because there's different scenes then. Uh, because there's the one scene where Ahmad and Miles are at home, and Miles is like, "Oh, I made your favorite." And he, mm-hmm. hey, Aunt Terry, and she, "Oh, you over here for dinner? Yeah. Um, are you ever at your house? <laughs> like, boy, is like I know your parents doing well. Are you ever at home? Oh, uh, hey, I'm at Big Mama house. Are you ever well, at home?" I think that's another thing is that Vivica and uh, I'm not sure the husbands the actor's name but mm. their characters didn't really have an arc no outside of the whole uh he's stealing her away or she's yeah. stealing him away from uh vanessa williams mm-hmm. like, but, yeah kinda, outside yeah. of that they didn't really have an arc yeah and then it was her and terry going back and forth i don't know i i could see the parallels let me like just to jump back a little bit i see the parallels between terry and faith faith how do i put this i see the parallels between terry and faith and diamond and ebony i'm just gonna put that out there. What? <laughs> i'm just putting that out there now. <laughs> you, i don't you know let, you let your, you let your cousin in your house and they fuck your significant other I'm just putting it out there now. I'm just putting it out there now. If, if people know the films, I'm just putting it out there now. <laughs> when I watched it the other day, um, the, these films are similar. <laughs> I guess so. I I, I can see uh, where you're going with it. But the scene, uh, what did you think about the scene where Terry pulls out the knife? Um, so you got like 50 people in this house and no one gonna stop her? Like, I get it, that was a sharp knife, but um, no one gonna try to talk this woman down on, hey, this ain't the move. It was crazy is she trying to stab him and you done passed up your cousin. Like, that's family. (laughs) (laughs) True. That came to mind as well. Um, that's pretty loyal. Like, you know, she in the wrong. But at the same time, I'm still dedicated to stabbing this man. Like, I'm still dedicated to killing him. Um, at that point, 
is when I finally had some empathy for her. Um, because mm-hmm. every other scene before that in the movie, she was annoying. She was, yeah. It was just she like was the, she was the villain. It was just like y'all need to kiss my butt because I went to college and I'm paying for everything around here. Mm-hmm. But at, like right before then, when she gave what's his name Kenny the hug, and she was just like, "Oh, like family, something like that." Yeah. Like, but then I think a little bit after that, like, why, why'd you let her take you away from me? I'm oh, all right. Whoa, hold on. It, it's been eleven years since you. <laughs> since she was taken away from me i'm whoa hold on now like that's why he was hold on now like i'm married with two kids or three kids you need to relax yeah they she definitely had deep-seated issues going back for a while that Mm -hmm. came up in every scene yeah and they didn't really um resolve it at the end no it, the whole thing was, I'm selling Big Mama House, and whether y'all like it or not, and then I'm not selling Big Mama House. Cause That's it. We, mirac- we miraculously got the money from Uncle Pete OTV, so let's, everything everything is solved now. Let's talk about Uncle Pete. The fact that they buried his sister, and then they didn't... They didn't tell him. <laughs> let, let me go back a little bit. Let me Let me rewind that back a little bit. They was taking care. His sister was taking care of Uncle Pete almost his whole life. Dog. Next thing you know, the sister, Big Mama. <laughs> this ain't even funny, but she go. <laughs> let me stop laughing. God forgive me. She go into a, a coma. What was that for five weeks, five days, something like that? Uh-huh. Dog. All them kids in that family. And Ahmad, the 10 or 11-year-old, is the only one who we focus on in this family for however long, all these months and weeks. And they forget about this man. And he come down with, like, dementia. And he, like, y'all done forgot about me? I, I think like, what I think that's one of the things that... Uh format wise with the script is that they could have just focused it during those weeks without uh while big mama wasn't there mm-hmm. and be- uh, before she died because after that it's just like big mama's an afternote or afterthought and i'm like these issues are already there uh yeah. would have been present while big mama was in the coma so That's true. Yeah, and it, it would have fixed the whole Uncle Pete thing because he came down and it was like, "Big Mama gone." Like, dude, nobody told you. Everybody vented his house like ten different times, and they, nobody told you. They even had a whole dinner, and they were just like kicking it at her house. They like paying bills. They even talking about selling the house, and with him in the Bert, house, Bird and Lamb was living there. Yeah. And that like pervert pastor was there. Yeah. And I'm thinking like y'all are not taking care of this old man who actually lives in this room up there. Y'all have to feed this man like two to three times a day and no one knows he's up there. Like what type of stuff is this? 
Uh, Sidetrack back to the pastor. Disgusting. I, I hated it because every scene he was in, he was just that one thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, is is gimmicky. Um, that's kind of how his. I don't know his name. I, usually, you know, I look up the people's names on something. I'd usually just call him Checker Fred, uh, or Checker Fred, because that's what he was in the barbershop. Uh, but. I don't know what his name was, and this is Reverend something. Uh, he was in the barbershop? Yes, yeah, Checker Fred. I think in like barbershop one and two. He was that guy that. go back and watch it. He never left the barbershop and barbershop. He they he had a bigger role in barbershop, though. Uh, he gave like a lot more opinions. Uh, mm. You know, he'd just sit there and play a check, uh, like checkers and all that. But he, was, he wasn't as perverted. He'd just sit there and play checkers. In this, they had this man doing wild stuff in this movie. I was like, dang, what type of stuff y'all got this man on? Yeah. Oh, can we go back to the wedding scene? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and his ex-girl was wilding. <laughs> Dog, I ain't never seen nothing like that. And it was totally allowed. Like, I didn't understand. Like, so no one gonna stop it? <laughs> and they had Big Mama stop it, but they didn't show it. They just showed Big Mama uh, and him dancing when uh, Vivica and Nia Long come back out. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we never gonna talk about that again. Never. Like, she came out in the shortest dress and just twerked on him and he allowed crazy. <laughs> he, he just got married and said I do got twerked on throwing in dollars front of everybody on yeah all the dudes like oh okay he ain't twerked on the sisters the bridesmaids are like oh she gonna really twerk on him I can't believe this I'm thinking y'all not gonna stop this this is your your now st- uh, what is this brother-in-law y'all not gonna stop this so no one's gonna stop this and everybody just yeah. is like, oh, this is crazy. Like, what type of wedding is this? She was going crazy. Oh, this is this is a lot. Yeah, um, this is really something. It took the the leader of this family to be like, look, we gotta put an end to this. Oh, the leader and the eleven year old child. Yeah. Maybe that's where it established that he really was the next leader in charge. <laughs> it was that well, scene right there. He also didn't do nothing in the movie, really. Like, there's a couple of scenes. The scenes where he was outside and he had them uh, big old coats on and the hat. I'm like, okay, <laughs> he, he kind of fresh. Uh, all right, am I, am, I, am I dressing? But the only thing he really did was at the end um, was bringing them together, which I liked because I'm like, okay, this kid is mischievous yeah. um, you know he lying to everybody setting, th- setting these things in motion like he should have been doing this the whole movie true or at least like had some sort of action rather than just um, we see everything through his lens hey guys how's it going it's Malik here you listen to the bit by big podcast thank you I think I don't know I mean I like soul food it's definitely one of those classics or, you know, we wouldn't be talking about it right now. Um, it's just, it's a good movie. Yeah. 
usually I have a couple scenes to go back to of every movie. This one I probably have like two. Really? Two or three. It's the food montage and when Lim getting arrested and it's in slow motion. Oh yeah. He's um uh, he's in Minister Society. I forgot. Mm. He plays Kane, uh the kid. Uh five year old Kane when Samuel L. Jackson kills that man at the beginning. Oh, most, oh, wow. of, most of his stuff was in the early 90s. He played Michael Jordan uh, in Space Jam. I forgot about that because by the time I did see him in this, I had already seen him in a bunch. Uh, I had seen him in a lot of stuff in the 90s like and then the early 2000s. Like He was in a lot of stuff in the early, like in the 90s. Yeah, he looked familiar, but I couldn't like place any place him in anything. Yeah, he was going crazy in the 90s, and it seemed like he just stopped acting. And apparently he's just in something, like a short film this year. Oh. Like, as an adult. Mm. I don't know, man. Soul food. But as, I don't know, I agree. It is one of those things where I feel like it gives you a life lesson, but it's not a life lesson on health. Like, at the end, they didn't learn, hey. They didn't learn anything. Not in the sense of, let's eat healthy. No, they really just, it's just, okay, we need to be around each other and keep this tradition going. And not that we solve in any of our problems in our relationships, but, you know, we just have to keep coming together because we Mm. family. True. Um, It's interesting. Uh, You know, George Tillman is a Columbia alum. (laughs) There's, There's this... There's this scene, um, the scene where uh, Vivica husband, I forgot his name, but he talking to Lim on the couch mm-hmm. uh, and he telling him, don't tell Lim that you got fired. That scene is a typical Columbia student film scene. <laughs> if you go back and watch it, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. No, I, I, remember, just, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like every every scene I feel like we saw in directing one was that pretty much at that moment <laughs> I'm like yeah this is definitely like a debut feature he fresh off the Columbia uh, classrooms hey man that's funny <laughs> yeah that this uh yeah this time was the only time I really uh picked up those things and looking at it George yeah. Tillman Jr. That's funny. Yeah. And we had the same um teacher. Shout out to Doreen Bartoni. Mm. The great world cinema uh teacher and taught me directing one, I believe. Mm. So yeah, shout out to her. One of my favorites from Columbia. Look at that. So we got one more, then the month is over. Uh like Mike. Then that's it. That fits the November family films. That wraps it up. Uh, Dang. November's a short month, man. I don't think it really feels like a short month, but then we jump into our December bag. I don't know. We might have to just, what, do another poll on (laughs) December movies? Yeah, I mean, I have a couple in mind. Um, 
because it's one I watch every year or mm. two maybe. It's like Home Alone mm-hmm. uh, two, same or, or Home Alone. I think I watch them both anyway. But Home Alones and uh, the Ultimate Christmas Present. Mm, okay. But also, I wanted to throw out the idea uh, the Friday after next. I think. Of course. I think that's a Christmas movie. It is a Christmas movie. I mean, that's, yeah. it literally takes I, place in Christmas. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm trying to think. Uh, was that the one, or was it next Friday? But no, it's, Friday, yeah, after it's next. Friday after next. I'm like the whole premise yeah. of it. They get robbed by fake Santa Claus. Yeah, so that's a Christmas movie. Uh, there's a few others that I have to think about, but uh, there's definitely some that we can throw in a poll. Yeah. Next, like Mike. See, I would have rather talked about Blindside than like Mike. That's, that's a good classic right there. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. The like listener. Mike really, like, like Mike really touched the culture. So did Blindside. The Blindside. Blindside ain't do nothing. It won an Oscar. So, <laughs> or we could talk about Green Book. 